What we're really going to begin to talk about over the course of tonight and tomorrow night is this thing called absolute truth, right? And absolute truth is what begins to transform the human mind in order to begin to think like God. And that's where we're going. How many of you want to begin to think like God? Okay, we're going to jump into that subject in just a few minutes. But let me tell you just a, a little bit about Prepare International. Um, we started about 18 years ago, maybe more close to 20 now. Our director, Randy Boyd, uh, was a pastor in Abilene, Texas. He had a friend who was in Europe who had started this organization called Prepare International. And the original intent of Prepare International was to train missionaries from all over the world to come to one location, train them in biblical principles, kingdom principles, and then send them out as missionaries all over the world. But what our director learned was that it was really easier for us to take our training to people like you guys, to the missionaries that are on the field, because we want to work with indigenous leaders in their nations. That's really our target. These indigenous leaders in their nation who are leading multiple uh, levels of leaders in their nations. And so we changed our philosophy. And from that point on, about 15 years ago, we began to uh, take our materials to the world rather than asking them to come to us. So since then, we now are, we started, I think, in the Czech Republic with, I don't know if you guys know Stanislav Bubik. Did you meet him at family camp? We, he was one of our first guys that we met uh, in the Czech Republic. He started in a home group church. He was a church planner. He said, I just want to advance the kingdom of God. God just used me. However, they started with 15 people in a small group in the Czech Republic in Prague. And they began to train some of their leaders. We began to have little meetings like this. And over the course of the last 15 to 18 years, we've helped train their leaders to become a church of about 1,500. And so we really are a, a, an extra resource to the local church, even to businessmen. Um, I have one of my, my friends who's a businessman. I want to introduce him in just a, just a minute. But we have businessmen who come into these courses. And the idea is not that you just come and you sit and you receive information. But we can give you a few tools that you can begin to take back into your sphere of influence. That word is really, really important. Influence. Because every single one of you one, are called to some level of leadership, and two, you have a sphere of influence in your life. And so what happens is when we take in information and we begin to renew our mind and we begin to line up with God's word and we begin to live a life like this with God in absolute truth where he begins to make all, help us make all of our decisions in life and instead of just kind of hoping that we, we, we hit the mark, we have this living God who's helping us see people the way that we need to see people, that help us love people the way that we need to love people, that helps us make business decisions the way that we make. When we're in school, to even retain information, he can give us knowledge and wisdom to help us retain information so that we can grow and we can be great leaders in our community. Do you know that? That's what happens when we line up with his word. So what we do is we come to infuse kingdom principles in leaders who are leading leaders. Inda, Angela, you guys, you have a sphere of influence. 
And then you take these kingdom principles back into your, your world. And the hope is that then we can advance the kingdom of God in such a rapid pace that we begin to create a kingdom culture that would begin to take over our city, our families, our nations, our government, and that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you guys are a part of that. That's why we're here. We've been talking with Inda and, and Angela for years about trying to start something that could maybe help a live church, maybe go to some new levels. I want to tell you something. If you're not looking for new levels in your life, if you're not looking for new levels as a church, Inda, hey, we've stunted our growth. God wants you to go past your limitations. Amen. What we do is we put limitations on ourselves. And the next thing you know, we're not walking in our calling. We're looking at what, what, what we can't do rather than what we can do. We're, we're looking at what we can't do rather than what God might want us to do. You know what I'm saying? And so there really are these places that we can push past. And it really comes to a matter of what you think about yourself and what you think about God. So these are things that we're trying to, we want to passionately encourage. We want to passionately give you some tools so that you can begin to take this stuff, apply it to your life in practical ways. Because here's the, here's the deal. A lot of times we can come to something like this and we, it's a great spiritual environment. It's a great spiritual uh, atmosphere, but we can walk away and never begin to apply it. And what we begin to have this mindset is, Church is where we have spiritual encounter. That's not true. That's not the only place that we have a spiritual encounter with God. We can encounter God in every aspect of our life. Church becomes a rallying point for us to learn, for us to worship together, for us to have community amongst each other, and to grow. You can't grow without each other. I can't grow without Jared. Right? And so what we do is we put these courses together. We have over 35 courses that we're teaching all around the world. We have groups just like you guys that we're meeting with on a regular basis for about uh, every, every two months for over a, about a five-year period. That's, that's the way that we begin to train and equip our, our leaders. We're going to be here with you guys three times this year. You've already been here. We've been here once. We're here now. And then we're going to come into a place where in the fall, I think it's in November, we've talked about, where another one of our team members who lives in Poland is going to come. So that's a little bit about Prepare International. I'm the, the director of uh, Latin America and Africa. And so I oversee all of those regions. We just opened up in the last year or the last two years into those areas. And now we're even opening up into like India and Nepal. I mean, I'll go to India and Nepal for the very first time in September. So God is, God is taking us. I never thought that I would leave the, the town that I grew up in. I'm from Bossier City, Louisiana, and no one knows how to say Bossier except for me. If you're not from Bossier, everybody calls it Bossier. They think it's French, and it's not. I mean, it's French, but that's not how you, you, you pronounce it. I never thought that I would leave my hometown. And I have gone all over the world. I counted it up. And since January of this year, I've been to Honduras, Peru, Costa Rica, Ghana, um, Kenya, now Ireland, Bratislava, Slovakia last week. I was just there yesterday. 
Bratislava, Slovakia, and then I leave here and I go to Poland. That's just the first five months of the year. Okay? I never thought that I would be doing something like this. God, how could you use a little farm boy to go to all over the world? I had limitations in my thinking, but it's the kingdom of God that began to rearrange my inner man. That begin to say, hey, you know what? I've got greater plans for your life. I'm going to use you in ways you never even thought. Who knows how God might use you? Who knows what you might do for the kingdom of God? I want to introduce my friend Jared. He's actually a family member. I won't even explain it. It's a little bit complicated. <laughs> He's basically the husband of my wife's stepsister. How's that sound? So he'd be some kind of a brother-in-law, all right? But our families have been joined together in the last probably 10 years, somewhere along the way. He is a very successful businessman in America, but he wasn't always that way. And uh, the Lord has really just rearranged his thinking. He actually teaches all over America. He's got a company of probably 300 of his, uh, how many of your top leaders? 300 top leaders that he works directly with. Those 300 top leaders influence probably close to 50,000 people. He started three restaurants in the last two years. And so probably tomorrow night, he's going to talk just a little bit about how God has begun to rearrange his thinking. How the kingdom has become a big part of his, his life. How, how he's be becoming a kingdom businessman. And he wants to increase his, his sphere of influence so that he could be all that God's called him to be and advance the kingdom in the world. Jared, come up and just introduce yourself real quickly. Absolutely. I'm excited to be in Ireland. This is my first time here, and I was sharing with some people. My parents um, <clears throat> recently took the DNA test where you send it in. They, they tell you where you're from, and I don't know how accurate it is. Has anyone done that? But we thought that we were Scottish. We thought we might uh, have some Native American in us. It turns out I have a little bit of Native American, but my father's over 75% Irish, and my mom is over 70% Irish. So I sent him a picture from, Ublin, from Dublin, and I said, I'm home. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I'm amongst Irishmen and British, right? Englishmen too, but... So I'm excited to be here tonight, guys. Um, my wife, Heather, and I have been married for 21 years. Um, we have, uh, we got, we started young. So um, I've got three boys, Cooper, Canaan, and Campbell. They're ages 20, 14, and 12. So my wife is home with my two younger ones and my oldest ones in college in Texas. Uh, we live in Florida. Uh, if you've ever heard of Tampa, Florida, uh, by the beach very beautiful. That was my wife's dream always was to live by the water. And so God's blessed us with that ability to do that. But what I want you to hear tonight from my heart, um, and, and maybe I can share some more things tomorrow, but the teaching that Tommy's going to be going through, what I want you to understand is I really want you to pay attention because the teaching that he's going to be going through is life-changing. Um, it, is, it is truths from the scripture. And at a point, you know, there was a point in my life when, and I know this is his digital Bible, he's got his iPad in here, but there was a point in my life, um, with my, in my faith, where I, ha I had to come to a decision about faith really being real. 
and this being real. And I, and I came to the point and I said, this is either truth or it's lies. There's no, did you know there's no gray areas in the kingdom of God? And so I had to make that decision and I said, because a lot of people live in the gray area. And, and, they, and what I come to believe is I said, and I prayed to God and I said, show me your truth in the word. And if it's true, I really want to believe this. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm free. Sometimes I don't feel like royalty, like he says I am. But I want to believe your truth. And God started through his word to transform my mind and my thinking. And God has been able to use me and my wife uh, as entrepreneurs starting with nothing. I don't come from a family uh, that was in business. I don't, my parents were teachers um, in the state of New Mexico is where I grew up. It's, and if you look at teachers in the United States, uh, New Mexico out of 50 states is the second to last worst paid state for teachers in the United States. And so, um, and it's, you know, it's a very rural areas where I grew up. But when God, and so I didn't come from business or anything, but God was able to teach me business and teach me how to be an entrepreneur. And I started with nothing. And, but when, and for many years I worked very hard. But once I started to transform my mind and I started to put into practice the things, the exact things that he's going to be talking about as he teaches this, God started to expand my influence in the kingdom and grow my businesses. And, but it all started with the transforming of the mind. And so I really want you to pay attention because the things he's going to be teaching, as you can start to apply them, it's going to change your life. You're going to see changes in your life if you apply these things. That's what I believe God wants us to do. How many of you guys believe that there's always another level that we can go to? Whether it's whatever you do for a living at your job. Uh, maybe we have people in here that you're supposed to, you know, one day... Uh, do something in the arts or, or to maybe write a book or to, or to just move up from where you are today. Just one more step. How many of you guys believe there's another level for me to go to? And, and usually God doesn't, he takes us one step at a time. And so what I want you to think about as Tommy's teaching this is how can I take what he's going to teach and apply it and really pay attention to apply it in my life to take one more step. You know, God, take me one more step higher to another level of influence. So I want to read a verse to you. God gave me this verse as I was sitting there during praise and worship. It's one of my favorite verses, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. So this is for you guys. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Isn't that good news? Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so we can bank on that, on that truth because it is in his word. It is truth. So thank you guys for uh, me being here uh, tonight uh, in home in Ireland. So um, I'm looking forward to learning tonight and taking notes and listening to what Tommy has to share. Because even all the blessings and all the success that we've had in business, I want to go to another level. I want God to continue to... to to teach me things and show me things, how to just go to one more level. Because someone told me a long time ago, they said, Jared, you, you never stop growing. You never stop learning. A flower is either dying or it's growing. 
And so we never stay still at the same place. And God wants to grow you guys. He wants to reveal some of his truth to you tonight so that we can walk out that door and we can apply it in our lives and we can advance our influence and advance the kingdom. So thank you. Okay, now, as we begin this topic, I want to, I want to paint a picture because Jared is a great example of that. I mean, we were talking on the way, way up here, and he, he's just like you. And I want to, I'm going to be a little bit more truthful about him because he's probably not going to do it about himself, okay? That's just the type of guy that he is. But he was a not so successful businessman at one time. I mean, he was, he was just working away. He was trying to, I mean, he was on some level successful, not, not near at the level that he, he wanted to be. How many year, years ago was that? So 10, year, 10 years. In the last 10 years, he's made $15 million in his company that he works in right now. That's also allowed him to, to begin to expand past his sphere of influence to go into new spheres of influence, he just opened up um, a well, a chain of he's not he did, he did not the whole chain, but they just opened up three restaurants with some very influential people in America. I don't know if anybody knows who Drew Brees is. Anybody know who Drew Brees is? He's an American football player for the New Orleans Saints. That's my team. It's one of the business partners that are opening up a. a a restaurant in one of the cities that Jared is, is doing. So here's what I'm saying. We're going to begin to apply some principles that Jared has applied in his life, take, taking the word of God, beginning applied to his life to go to new levels on the way down here. What I loved was Jared began to open up this, the course material that we have, and he's reading through, and he's reading through, and he's just really quiet, and I'm doing my thing, and then he stops and goes, oh. I do that. I do that right now. I'm training my leaders on this right here. And it's taking leaders to whole new levels. So this subject that we're talking about, we want to give you some practical tools tomorrow night that you can begin to use. We're going we're gonna to talk about some spiritual things tonight. And then tomorrow night, we're going to challenge you one more time. But then we're going to begin to begin to really give you some practical tools on how you can begin to re renew your mind. Okay? All right, I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started. Father, I just say that we love you. Father, we're here because of that statement. We love you. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful for how I am not the person that I once was. I'm a new person. I'm so thankful that you took me in my broken state and brought me to the place that I'm in now. Lord, there's so much more room for growth, but I'm so thankful for the progress that you have made. God, when I think about this, this topic, just the way that I think, how you've just radically transformed my thinking over the years, God, I'm praying that you would take us to those new levels that we talked about earlier. God, would you do it? In Jesus' name, amen. So we have a promise. That promise is 
a transformed mind. Okay? That's a, a promise that the scripture speaks over our life. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have anything to write on, if I know you young people, you don't bring paper anymore. Young people don't bring paper, do they? What do they bring? Their phones. Get your thumbs out. All right? Get your phones out. We're going to take a few notes. All right? I'm going to give you some big, bold points, and then you can just take some notes under, underneath it. Here's the first big, bold point. We've been given the promise of a renewed mind. Okay? We have been given a promise of a renewed mind. God gave us a mind, and it is one of the most powerful organs, if not the most powerful organ in our, in our, in our body. If you take the mind out, nothing else works. Right? Right now, when I think, when I even say that, if, if there is an injury to the brain, you can function. You might be kept alive. <laughs> but if there's something that happens here, nothing else works. Right? So, it's a powerful tool that God has given us. And with it, we can either use our brains to oppose God, or we can use our brains to work with Him. I don't know about you, but I want, I want to be one that works with God. All right? And here's the thing. Most of us say, hey, I want to, God, use me. God, I want to do whatever. I'll do whatever. And we're saying, hey, we want to work with you. We want this partnership. But there are things that are going on up here that are hindrances to, and, and they're barriers to keep us locked in a place of darkness, a place of I can't, a place of I won't, or a place of I never. See, that's where the enemy wants you to be. So these... When we think about encounter, when I think about encounter, we, I think a lot of times we think about encounter in this room. We put on worship music, we put on spiritual music, and what happens? We feel good, we sing our songs, we come to church, we leave. That's fine. But that's not the only place of encounter. Okay? Where do we encounter God? When you think about it, it's in your thought life. I mean, we do, we can have physical encounter with God. I've had physical encounters with God. I shared this last weekend. I had an encounter with the Lord where it radically changed my mind, my life, and my mind began to change. My thought processes about God began to change. And when our thought processes about God begin to change, it also begins to change the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about others. Okay? But I had an encounter with God that led me to multiple encounters with God. I went to bed one night and I was just praying, God, I want you. I just had this experience or I just got cleaned up. I mean, I went into my pastor's office. I was a youth pastor. I was 23 years old. I, was, I had areas of compromise. I didn't even know why. I didn't even know why. Jared, I didn't even want to do some of the things that I was doing. And I was a Christian. We're not talking about someone who wasn't a Christian we're talking about a guy who said yes, who'd been baptized. What, I'd been to Sunday school. 
I'd done all the things that you're supposed to do. I was reading my Bible. I was even taking notes in church. I was a youth pastor. And there were areas of compromise that were in my life that I didn't want anybody to know about. And it got to the place where I had to walk in and say, I can't live like this anymore. I began to confess my sins to the leadership of my church. I said, I don't even care if I get fired. I thought I was going to get fired. Next thing you know, they loved on me. They prayed for me. The power of the Holy Spirit came on me. I went to bed that night. I was just praying, God, I want more. God, I want more. I want more. The next morning, as I was in my sleep, I'd prayed. I don't even know until how late at night. But when I came out of my sleep, my hands were already in the air. And I was praying in tongues. That's a whole other subject that we're not even going to get into tonight. But I want to tell you something. I never thought I'd do that. Within my denomination, I never thought I'd do that. But I want to tell you something. It was a, it's a biblical truth of the Bible. That the Lord said, you can have it, and if you want it, you can have it. And I wanted it, and he gave it to me. I want to ask you something. Are there things that you want that you believe that you can't have? You know why you believe them? Because there are places in your mind that you have believed from an early, early age that are not true, that are really lies, that now have become truth in your life. And it is, has become the belief system in which you operate from. So when you say things like, I would love to, but I can't. Because of, duh, 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 and you say that over and over and over, that becomes your belief system. Do you see? So we have a promise of a renewed mind. It's why Jesus came to the earth. He came to fulfill his promises where he began, he, he came to set the captive free. Where's some of the places that he begins to set the captive free? It's in our thought life. The mind is the place the primary place where God begins to interact with us. We've got to begin to realize that. I'm trying to teach people right now how to even use visualization. What was the word that we use in the manual you, you laughed at? We changed it? Yeah, forward thinking. Forward thinking. Where you just forethought. We'll talk about that tomorrow, okay? But how we can even imagine a situation that we're afraid of. And before we even go into it, we can successfully see us go into that situation, attack our fears, do be successful in a situation before it even happens where we can begin to begin to visualize these things and we begin to visualize them over and over and over. We can walk into the places that we would never, ever, ever feel like we could be successful and find success on some level in a way we never thought we could. Right? So then how do we progress? We begin to visualize it again and again and again and again and again. And when you have a level of success, the next thing you know is you want more. And then you go to a new level and a new level and a new level. And the next thing you know, you look back and you go, what? The? Why was I afraid of that in the first place? You know why? Because you believed a lie about yourself. Where do lies come from? The enemy. The New Testament speaks about the mind at least 55 times. 55 times. 
when we, see, when we receive Christ, your spirit instantly comes in you and you, your spirit becomes reborn, right? So your spirit is reborn, but there's something that covers our spirit. What is that? Our body. You know what's part of your body? Your brain. Right? So what happens? Our spirit is renewed. Our spirit is born again. But, Jared, when I got saved, I didn't get to this great, beautiful body. I still had the pudgy little body that I have. I still have it sometimes now. But I, overnight, I didn't become this, like this muscular, you know, super athlete. My body, if I want to have a, a physically fit body, I've got to go into places in my body and I'll break down muscle tissue so that muscle can begin to grow. When we bleed, right? When you work out and that soreness that you have, you know what that basically is the next day? You've broken your muscles and they, be, they become so broken that they're painful. Then they begin to reproduce the muscle and they begin to grow. And the next thing you know, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. It's the same thing with our brains. So if, if we're going to be successful in the spirit, right? If we're going to be successful in this life, we've already been born again. We've been made new, but we've got to begin to take our brains <laughs> and begin to renew our mind in such a way that our mind begins to work with our spirit who's at work with the spirit. Okay? So I want you to think about this. When we come into to this transformational period where our minds begin to be renewed so that we can do what? What's the, what's the purpose of our mind? Why do we even need to be renewed? So we can think like who? God. If you want to be successful, whether you're a believer or not, the only way that you can be truly successful in life, and you may have more money than anybody in the world, but the only way that you can truly be successful in all as aspects of life, to have a healthy marriage, to have a healthy children, to have a, a healthy, healthy relationship, relationships in all spheres of your influence, where at the end of your life, people would say, that is one of the greatest people, persons that I've ever met in my entire life. The only way to do that is to begin to think like Christ. Because guess what? I spent so many years in a sinful process that though my spirit person, my spirit man was born again and was made whole, I still didn't think like Christ. So I have spent the, the rest of my 20 years beginning to walk through this process, going to new levels and new stages and messing up Guess what? In the renewal of the mind process, in the, this, this stage that we're talking about, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall down. But here's the thing. 
It's in those vulnerable places that if we're not renewing our mind and we develop a process and we develop some of these tools to help us do that, and those vulnerable places when we fail, the enemy lies to us. And guess where he wants to keep you? In your failure. Some guilt, shame, condemnation. Do you see how this happens? And here's the reason why you guys are throwing those out, because you already experience it now. You've walked through it. This is not something new. This is something that you're going through probably right now. And this might even be a subject that you've never really even considered. But I want to tell you, it is so powerful and it needs to be considered because here's the second thought that I want to share with you tonight. Our thoughts are not, are not God's thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I'm going to have to move really quickly because I'm going to cover two sessions in the next 40 minutes. Okay? But his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So here's the thing. If you want to be successful as a person, and if you truly want to be successful in the kingdom, it's not going to be on your way of thinking. It's not going to be on your gifts and your talents. It's only going to be by the way that you think when you think like Christ. Isaiah 58 and 59. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Guess what? Whatever situation you're walking through right now, and you think, I can do this. Guess what? God's got a better way. Whatever trouble you're in right now, and the enemy has told you, if you will just do more. If you will just do more. Whatever area of failure you've just gone through, and now you want to make up somehow for that failure, I want to tell you something. There's nothing that you can just think of. There's not a strategy that you can build better than the thoughts of God. The thoughts that God has about that situation and how you need to respond in your own failure. The problem is we move past that very quickly. That thought process to even invite Jesus into that situation. And we respond out of fear, which becomes how many of you are? I just ask this question. How many of you are often making decisions out of fear? We're pastors in the pastors often struggle with fear. There's a lot that they carry. There's a lot of people that they got to hold up. There's a lot that goes on with being a pastor. And sometimes our our fear motivates our decision making process. God, that guys, that's not God. There is no fear. He's not afraid of anything. He gives us the promise of a renewed mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. Even as I thought about that, back in Texas, 
we bow hunt. You know, to, you know how to, how to bow with, shoot with a bow? And, you know, when you think about a bow and arrow, you think about, oh, I want to hit the target. Right? Right? No one, and they're in the target, there's what? There's a bullseye. So if you're going to shoot that bow and arrow, you can't just, and it hit. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to shoot at something, I want to hit the target. Right? Okay? So how do we hit the target? We got to focus. We got to practice. That target has that bullseye. And from now on, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of the renewing of the mind process as you shooting a bow and arrow at the bull's eye. And here's what the enemy's going to say to you. He's going to say, hey, it's okay if you just hit the target. Just hit it. It's okay that if the target goes off way down, I mean, if the arrow goes off and hits way down here, then at least you hit it. But if we visualize the target as God's perfect will, the bullseye as God's perfect will, I want to ask you something. Are you just okay with hitting the bottom corner of God's will, or do you want to be right in the middle of it? I'm going to prophesy this over you right now as a group. God's calling you all into his perfect will. Every single one of you, whatever the situation is, God is calling you into his perfect will. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Enda, you don't have to be afraid. He is rearranging things. And if you will live a life where you're flexible, in the kingdom of God, we've got to be flexible. Here in just a minute, we're going to talk about some traditional thinking. Traditional thinking just keeps you from being flex flexible. We build these systems that keep us from being moldable and changeable. Being, being, having hearts that are able to flow with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God does not want to be told what to do in your life. The Spirit of God wants to tell you what to do in your life. That's what it means to have a king ruling and reigning in your life. He gets to call all the shots, and he does it by his Spirit. That's how his Spirit communicates. He talks to us. He leads us. There's a perfect will for your life that we find in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God in your life. In this scripture right here, we get a warning and a promise. Here's the warning. If you do not renew your mind, you will live exactly like the rest of the world. And you know how the rest of the world is living? If you just hit the target, it's okay. Here's the promise in this scripture. If you go through this renewal of the mind process, we will not be conformed to the world and our lives will be absolutely transformed into something totally different. My kids get so tired of hearing me say, do you want to just be like everybody else? Do you want to think like everybody else? Do you want to be average in life? 
Jared, how many times do you tell your, the people that work with you? Do you just want to be average? Do you just want to be like everybody else? Because if you want that, you can just stay at a certain level. In business, if you want that, then you can just be a manager. You can get a, a and, and that might be somebody's calling or whatever, and that is okay. But if you really want all that God has, you're going to have to go to new levels. You can't just be like everyone else. Just get a nice little job and just stay there. Whatever it is. But if you want God's perfect will, you're going to have to live a life that's moldable and shapeable by the Holy Spirit. By the word of God coming back into alignment with his truth. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Mark 1, 14 and Mark 15, Jesus came into Galilee. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is hand. We learned this when Drew was here this last time. He, we, he talked on the kingdom of God. He said, repent and believe the gospel. I want to walk you through that word repent. Here's, here is the beginning process for every single one of us. And sometimes we have to do this several different times. Okay. Do you know what the word repent means in English? It means re. It's where we get the word rewind. So it meant the re means to go backwards. And the pent means to go to the word pent means to go to its highest point and begin to look from the highest point. Here's what we're doing. The starting process of the renewing of the mind is this. We've got to go backwards in the areas that we've had failure or sin or whatever, in order to overcome them, we've got to go backwards, review the process, go up to the highest place of thinking. Who's sitting at the highest place, ruling and reigning over all the nations? Who? Okay. Whose perspective is the best perspective? So we've got to go back Go up to the highest perspective and begin to think from there. Guys, that is not just something that we just, oh, that's a good idea. That is something that has to happen. So whatever your struggle is in life right now, you must repent and allow the kingdom of God to be at hand in your life. What is the kingdom? It's a king ruling and reigning. Does he rule and reign in your thought life? In your decisions, how you handle your money? How you handle your children? E. I have five kids. From 14 to 2. It's hard. I've got to repent. I've got to go up to the highest perspective all the time. This is the first way we begin to renew the mind. I want you to think about tonight before you go to bed. How, what do I need to repent of? What do, I need, what do I need to go back and go up to the highest perspective to change my thinking, to go to the highest perspective and view it from the place where God rules and reigns? Oh, my gosh, if we can take that one concept, Jared, it would change our lives forever right 
I want to tell you something now. I want everybody to look at your neighbor. All right? I want you to say this to your neighbor. I want you to say, I got problems. <laughs> All right, now find your other neighbor. And I'll, I need you to say this. You got problems. Okay? Now we're going to all say this together. We have problems. Here we go. One, two, three. We got problems. Where's our problems? It's in our thinking. I want to give you a few problem areas to begin to think through. Problem area number one. Our way of thinking is futile. All right? I said that like a Texan, probably. Our way of thinking is futile. Okay? Ephesians 4.17 says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. The Gentiles were some of the most pagan, gross, people that you could ever be a part of. The Jews didn't even want to have anything to do with them because they were following all the rules. That's a whole nother problem. <laughs> it is. You can be religious and be just as yucky in your spirit as those who are the most pagan people in the whole world, if not more. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in futility of their mind. I'm going to change my notes real quick so I can get in and out of these fairly quickly. But we're futile in our thinking. What is that word futile? What does it mean? It means a way of thinking that leads to nothing. A way of thinking that leads to nothing or get you nowhere. Without taking on the mind of Christ, we're going nowhere. We're going directionless. There might be some people in this room who feel like they're going nowhere, that they're going direct, that they have no direction. They don't know the next step. And sometimes that is a stage of life. That's where we just have to lean in, into Jesus. But then there's this futile thought or futile in our thinking where we don't know anything most of the time. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We don't know what the next step is. We are directionless. I want to tell you something. God wants to renew your mind where you know what direction he's going. And whatever, he's, whatever direction he's going, you need to go. Jesus, when he was 12 years old, his parents were looking for him. They couldn't find him. Where was he? What? Ha! He's been reading the notes. <laughs> he was in the temple studying the scriptures. He was actually teaching the scriptures as a 12-year-old. And his parents come in and say, Jesus, what are you doing? He goes, Mom, Dad, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? As a 12-year-old, he had a direction. You say, well, that's Jesus. Well, he's living on the inside of you. 
Problem number two. We come to Christ under the lies of the devil. When you came to Christ, you were walking in lies. In, in lies, not lives. <laughs> you were walking in lies. Those lies became truth in your life. Jesus came in. He, he, gave, he renewed your spirit. You became born again. You became a new per person. Now you've got to begin to think like a new culture. You had an old culture that was influencing you. Now you have to have a new culture, the kingdom culture, that begins to renew everything in your life so that you begin to live, breathe, talk, and act like a representative of a kingdom culture because that's what you're called to be. You're a son and you're a daughter. Every, I tell my children this. Everywhere you go, you're not just representing you. You know who they're representing? Me. That's true. So I've got to teach them and I've got to lead them the way that our family, which is which carries a kingdom culture, which is a different culture of the world that we live in, whether we realize that or not. Teenagers are faced with this other culture that's the culture of the age, that's the culture of the world. We're all faced with it, but even as believers, and here's what I know about all of Europe, basically. The evangelical numbers are about 2% all over Europe. You guys are in that, right? Right? So there, there's few of you. So what do we need to do? We need to rally together as a kingdom culture, spend time together, spend time in his word. And then we go out and rather than that culture becoming a part of our culture, we begin to take kingdom influence and begin to change the culture of the world by our influence. That's what I'm trying to teach my kids. That's what we do as parents. So every day I'm teaching, I'm modeling, I'm putting these kinds of principles in my family so that when they go out into the culture of the age, that they go out in the culture of the world and they have friends that are thinking from the culture of the age, from the culture of the world, they are not influenced. And they will at times. And we'll have to walk through that. We'll have to renew the mind process. We'll go through failure. But we have a friend in Jesus. We have a Holy Spirit that begins to, to pick us up. And we begin to go through the process again. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit begins to empower us not to do those things. And the next thing you know, we're making better decisions. Some of you failed. It's okay. How do we learn? We fail. We get back up again. We repent, change our perspective, think like God, get back up and go to new levels. Problem number three, our thinking creates scotomas in our lives. We don't have time to really get into all this. We really don't. What is scotomas? I'm going to go off my notes instead of. Scotoma, you guys are going, what the heck is a scotoma? 
I want everybody to say, I got scotomas. <laughs> Everybody's checking, do I? I got a scotoma? Check this out. A scotoma is a Greek word for blind spot or blindness. You've heard of this? It's a Greek word for blind spot or blindness. I'm going to give you an example of a scotoma. I like to use chairs, all right? So, Emma, did I pick on you last time? I did. Do I need to pick on somebody else? No. Just pick on, just keep picking on her? So, Emma got her driver's license how many years ago? Do you have a driver's license? Oh, my gosh! Did you really? What's your name? Leah. Leah. Okay, Leah just got her driver's license. Now, come here. Come sit in this chair, Leah. We're going to have some fun. Okay. Now, I don't know what they teach you guys in Ireland, but in America, if you were my daughter, I would teach you how to drive. All right? I'd probably be really, really scared. But we begin a driving process. There's principles of driving. Here's one of the principles in driving, okay? Changing lanes. Did you go over this? All right. So when you change lanes, what did they tell you to do? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're an amazing driver already. Okay. So did you hear what she said? The first thing you got to do when you change lanes is check for blind spots. How would you do that? Okay, so which mirrors would you look at? Show us what, I mean. Okay. So, but, what is a blind spot? Because she's already forgotten one thing. Oh, I just helped you out. Okay. So we have a mirror here, we have a mirror here, and we have a mirror here. But what is a blind spot in driving? What's that? Oh. Now after I just rammed into you, you're going to say, oh, I should have done what? Turned and looked over your shoulder. All right, let's give it up for Leah. That's a scotoma. It's the blind spots in our life that we don't see. I want, you to, I want you to hear me. Everyone has them. Everyone has them. In every, every form of work that you do, there is a blind spot. Enda, in pastoring a church, you know what we have to do sometimes? Even when we're successful, you know what we have to do? We gotta check our blind spots. What we have a tendency to, get, tendency to do is go, I'm good. But guess what? Sometimes in local churches, if we're going to continue to reach people and we're going to continue to grow in business, if you're going to reach more, put out a better product, whatever, in parenting, if you're going to find new ways 
to help your kids go to new levels, you've got to look in the hard places. You've got to begin to evaluate the blind spots, the spots that you don't see. Sometimes we've got to even allow others to come into our blind spots and help us look for them because we don't see them. And the tendency is to go in and out really quickly and never see them. I want to give you an example of a scatoma. We got that video? Okay, now, there's going to be a spot. I think Enda's already watched it. I'm going to give you an example of how a scotoma works in your life. All right, Enda, you know ex about where the part where they say stop yeah. on the video? Yeah. Okay, after we let it go through, I want you to stop it. All right, the video kind of explains itself. But we're going to see an example of a scotoma. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? Go! All right, stop. The right there. Is th stop it, stop it, stop it. The answer is blah. Okay. So how many passes did the team in white make? How many? How many? Oh, it's up there. Okay. How many did you really count? Right? Okay, let's keep rolling it. But did you see the moonwalking bear? Okay, push stop. How many of you saw the moonwalking bear? Okay, how many of you saw the moonwalking bear? Raise your hand if you saw the moonwalking bear. The, the second time. No, how, many of you, how many of you still haven't seen a moonwalking bear? Everybody saw the moonwalking bear? The second time. How many of you saw it the first time? We had two. You've seen the video before, that doesn't count. The first time you saw it, did you see it? Okay. <laughs> okay. But do you see how scotomas work in your life? There was a moonwalking bear in a video that you guys didn't even see. Except for you. Do you see? Do you see the blind spots? Scotonas are these, they really are, that, you know what, I'm not even going to go there because we just don't have a whole lot of time. But do you see the point I'm trying to make? That in the, the renewing of the mind process, we have got to get to the place where we begin to check the blind, blind spots. Because guess what? 
there's not just blind spots that we miss. There are blind spots that we are purposely missing. There are places of darkness in your life that you're purposely overlooking because they feel good, because they're too scary to deal with. They might be a place of trauma. They might be a wrong belief. All of that has to do with the enemy and how he's attacked your mind to keep you in a place where you'll just keep on going. 